Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Let's open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Of course, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments. And today we'll finish finish those up, the last three. Uh, and they're listed in Exodus chapter 20. Of course, the first one, you'll have no other gods before me. And then commandment two was no idols. Number three, you'll not take the name of the Lord in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Number That was number four. Number five, honor your father and mother. Six, you'll not murder. And seven, you'll not commit adultery. And those are on, in the back of your bulletin uh, this week, all Ten of them, but uh, they're listed there for you. And uh, so we'll pick up here in uh, Exodus 20, verse 15. Commandment number eight, you'll not steal. You'll not steal. You shall not steal. Of course, stealing is to take something from someone without their permission. To take something from someone without their permission. And of course, many people think of robbing a bank. But you know there's different forms of stealing other than robbing a bank. Um, It's interesting, uh, time theft. Listen to this, time theft. The Robert Half Personal Agencies, it's an agency that studies time theft, has calculated that time theft will cost the American economy as much as $70 billion a year. Time theft is defined as those deliberate employee actions which result in the massive growing misuse and waste of time. Estimated time theft, some of the different ways time can be stolen, would be arriving to work late, leaving early, taking unjustified sick days. I remember when I was teaching school, there was one teacher that every other Friday she'd call in. And you, you knew, in fact, the assistant principal who was responsible for getting the uh, teachers to come in and, you know, the, the substitutes, he, he told me, he said, every other Friday, she'll call in sick. She'd been there for many years, you know, and uh, she had tenure and so on and so forth. And she, every other Friday, she'd call in, she'd call in sick. And so, sad, isn't it? That's stealing, isn't it? Extensive socializing with co-workers, turning the water cooler into a conversation pit, inattention to the job at hand, reading novels and magazines on the job, operating a business on the side during working hours, eating lunch at the desk and then going out for the lunch hour, excessive personal phone calls, emails and text while on company time, daydreaming and, and such while you're supposed to be working, uh, of course, taking coffee breaks or snack breaks that go too long and that kind of thing. So you see, that's stealing right there. And a lot of times we don't even think of those things, but that's that's stealing. And the commandment says you'll not steal. Embezzlement is another another thing that, that is a form of stealing. You know, we think of robbing a bank uh, with a gun and a mask, but a lot of times banks get robbed from the inside by people that have access to funds and whatnot, you know, like a bank president or a, a comptroller, you know, or some employee that has access to funds and, and they'll, they'll steal the money from the inside. Remember, Jesus had an embezzler on his, on his staff. One of his 12 disciples was an embezzler. 
Anybody know who it was? It was Judas. He was the treasurer and he was stealing money out of the sack. Is that right? Out of the money, money bag. And then there's extortion. That's gaining possession of another person's property or money by illicit use of authority. You know, there are some cities that do that to business owners with prime properties. They'll, the city will want to use that property for some, something the city wants. And so they'll, you know, they'll try to work a deal with the business owner. And usually they'll want to give them a whole lot less than what the business is worth. And then if the business owner, you know, refuses, then they'll, the city will just condemn the property. Now that's wrong. I said, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. I know up, I think up in Crestwood area, Sunset Hill, somewhere up in there just recently, they, the city did that and then the deal fell through and now there are some business up, businesses up there that once were really good, they just sit vacant. I remember when we bought this property here for the church, St. Louis County, uh, we bought the property, but before they would issue the building permits, they made us dedicate about 20 or 25 feet of frontage out here to them for future road widening. And, uh, you know, 20 feet, of pro- that's a lot of ground to me. And and I, I didn't want to do that. I You know, what are you going to pay me for it? Or not me, but the church for it. And they, nothing if you won't dedicate it to us. They use the word dedicate. I use the word steal. Did you hear me? And so they, that, that's extortion because they said, well, now if you, won't, if you won't give us that or dedicate that to us, we won't grant the building permits. Well, so what are you going to do? So we went ahead and dedicated it to them. And, and uh, well, we've been doing all right, you know. It's been, what, 13 years now we've been doing okay, you know. But, you know, they'll have to answer for that. I, I, you say, well, why didn't you fight him? Well, I watched uh, two of my friends. They were uh, up in, you know, they were older gentlemen, but they both had businesses in a, in a neighboring community. And I watched the one try to fight the railroad company. And it cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars and the railroad company won. And the other one uh, was was fighting the road widening thing with the with the county and whatnot. And and he fought him for a while, but he saw it was no use. So he just, he worked to deal with him and he lost on it. But the other guy at, at, that, that fought the railroad company, it just, I mean, it, hundreds of thousands of dollars it cost him. So I just decided, you know, you know, let them go ahead and take the 20 feet. You know, it's better that they have it. If they're going to widen the road down, down, to, down to in future time, you know, at least they'll already have it. You see what I'm saying? So that's how I looked at it. But, but these, there's other forms of stealing besides taking a gun and robbing a bank, you know. Um, here's another uh, form of extortion is charging an excessive price for something. Charging an excessive price for something. You know, the money changers in the temple, you remember Jesus drove them out of the temple. Now there's several things we could say about that, why he did that. Uh, but one of the reasons that could be cited is that the money changers were selling the animals for far too much money and they were extorting the people. 
Uh, some would argue that they shouldn't have been there to start with. You can argue it either way, but I think it's clear that, that they were charging, you know, far more for those animals for sacrifice than they, than they should have been. Um, I, I, has anybody bought gas recently? That's extortion as far as I'm concerned. What are you going to do though? What is it now? 340 a, a gallon? That's ridiculous. I just that's in my opinion that's just absolutely ridiculous, but they've got you over a barrel so to speak, over an oil barrel, don't they? And what are you going to do? And I mean that's ridiculous, but that's a form in my opinion of extortion. Uh, another form of, of this of stealing is, let's say you go to a garage sale and you, there's a little old lady there, you know, and she's having a garage sale and there's a, there's a item there, you know, and you recognize that that thing, hey, that thing's worth about $5,000 and she's selling it for 50 cents. Now, what's the right thing to do? Yeah. Buy it for 50 cents and go sell it for thousands of dollars. Is that the right? Well, I made a great deal. Now, come on, we're Christians, aren't we? You know what I'd probably do? I'd probably say to the lady, you know what? Ma'am, you know, now you don't know, but this is worth a whole lot of money. Now, you wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for me. So let's go work on this. Let's sell it together. And you keep the lion's share of it. and You can give me a portion of it. That's what I, do you think that's honest? How many is okay with that? How many is not okay with that? How many of you would sell it for, buy it for 50 cents and go make thousands of, uh, on it? Well, you're not going to vote on anything. <laughs> you're just sitting there looking at me. That's all right. You're just thinking, aren't you? Do you all know how to think? Do you, can you talk? Yes. Say, I can talk. I, can talk. I, have I have a voice. Oh, that's good. You're all, you, you can talk. Here's another form of stealing. It's... Have you ever heard the old adage, finders, keepers, losers, weepers? So, you know, you find a wallet with, you know, $800 in it. And there's a guy's license and and you can contact him. What are you going to do? Are you going to take the money out and just lay the wallet back down and go your way? Or are you going to try to get in touch with the guy and get the money back to him? You know, failure to return something lost to its owner is stealing. And according to the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, if you find something that someone lost, it must be returned to the rightful owner. And you know, if if you just can't find the rightful owner, then according to the way I study the Bible, you know, if the rightful owner cannot be found, then, okay, then then it would, in that case, you, you could keep it, but... You need to make some effort to get it back to its rightful owner. Has anybody ever been given more change than you were due? Have you ever handed, you know, the bill was, you know, was uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe the bill was $18 and you handed the clerk a 20 and she gave you back, you know, a 10 and two ones or something? And for just a moment, your flesh, how many's got flesh in here besides me? Your flesh will go, whoo, 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 huh? Huh? How many of you know if you keep that 
incorrect amount, that's stealing, isn't it? Now, how many of you, if, 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 if uh, let's say the bill was $2 and you handed them 20 how much are you supposed to get back? 18 What if they only gave you 10 back? Are you going to say something? How many would say something besides me? You'd say you, how many wouldn't say something? Oh, my God. I'm, I, you mean if, if, if you gave $20 and you were supposed to get 18 back and you only got 10 back, you wouldn't say anything? How many? Let, let, let's get this here. The bill is $2. Say $2. You people aren't stupid, are you? How many stupid people? Let's say the bill is what? $2. You give them 20 How much are you supposed to get back? 18 What if they just give you 10 back? Are you going to ask for the other 8 How many? Let me see a show of hands. You're ready. You're gonna, you're gonna. Good. I'm glad you're not stupid. Thank God. So how many want that other $8? It's coming to you. Is that right? Okay. All right. Y'all awake now? But what if on the other hand, you had $2 coming back and they gave you 18? Are you going to bring that up? Are you going to go, boy, I made a deal here. Your flesh will want to go, how many's got flesh besides me now? But now if we're going to be, if they make the mistake and we're going to bring it up, then uh, if, it's, if, it's an, if it's against us, we're going to bring it up. If it's a mistake in our favor, we need to bring it up too. Is that right? Is that right? How about a bank account statement comes and they made a mistake of $1,000 in your favor? Well, what if they made a, what if they made a mistake of $1,000 against you? Would, you? would you call the bank? Would you go to the bank? Would you bring that up? But what if it was $1,000 in your favor? A mistake. Now there's some, there's some TV preachers that would say, look, God just blessed you wonderfully there. How many of you know that's, that's stealing, isn't it? Huh? Is that stealing? And we could go on and on with that. See, there's other forms of stealing. Let's talk about petty, petty theft. <laughs> Petty theft, well, we kind of talked about it in stealing of time, but we must beware not to steal on the job. Petty theft is one of the most costly losses of American businesses. Tools mysteriously disappear, along with supplies ranging from paper, pencils, and paper clips to much more costly items. I remember the friend of mine, the one that was fighting the railroad company years ago, he owned... Uh, ice cream store in Valley Park. And it was good ice cream. And he told me when I was just a kid, you know, he, he, he told me this. He said, all the workers, all the workers, he said, whenever they go to work for me, because he had, you know, various people working for him. He said, he told them, you can eat all the ice cream you want. Now that was smart, wasn't it? How many of you think that's smart? Think about that. A lot of people don't think about this stuff. But if I'm working in an ice cream store and I can't have any of the ice cream, how many of you know my flesh is going to want to help myself to some? 
So he just told them, you can have all the ice cream you want. And you know, for a few days, they'd chow down on the ice cream. And after a while, they just got tired of eating ice cream. And he never had a problem with them stealing ice cream. That man was smart, wasn't he? Yeah, he was smart. But, uh, you know, paper clips disappear. Supplies disappear. Paper disappears. You know, these kinds of things. This is all different forms of stealing like like if you work at a at a school district you know and uh how many of you would you agree with me that if i when i was working at the school district it wouldn't be good for me to take in the bulletins for church and run them off on their copy machine how many of you would agree with me that would be stealing is that right unless i asked the school district for permission if they gave me permission then that's different and so on and so forth. Uh, here's another form of stealing, not reporting all of your income or goods to be taxed. That could also fall under lying, couldn't it? Am I cheering you all up with us today? <laughs> how about robbing God? Oh, how could, but could a man rob God? God asked that question and he answered it, yet you have robbed me in what? In tithes and offerings that might be the biggest area where christians violate that eighth commandment because if you don't tithe and give offerings god deems you a thief do you know that did you hear what i just said i'll say that again that always cheers people up to hear it so if you do not tithe and, and, and give offerings, God said in Malachi, the last book, Old Testament, he said, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me. How have we robbed you? In tithe, say in tithes and offerings. In tithes and, offering. and offerings. So if, if, if Christians don't tithe and give offerings, God calls them a thief. And so I guess statistics would say that about 80% of the Christians are thieves, maybe more. Is that something? And then we, well, then we wonder how come we're not blessed in our finances. Well, praise God. The Bible says ill-gotten treasures are of no value in the book of Proverbs. Book of Ephesians says, let him who stole steal no longer. Amen. Over there where God's talking about, you know, the tithes and the offerings. And, and he says, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me in tithes and offerings and all of that. You know, he, he doesn't stop there. I'm glad that God doesn't stop at, you know, when there's bad news. He goes on and says some good news. You know, if we, he says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse and get back to it. Amen. And then I'll bless you. Isn't it good that we can repent? All right. Well, then, now that I've cheered you up with a commandment eight, let's go to commandment nine, Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, we could say this another way. You shall not, you shall not what? Lie. You shall not lie. Now, in, in the book of Proverbs, there's seven things listed that the Lord hates and are an abomination to him. And you know what two of the seven are? A lying tongue and a false witness who spreads lies. I don't want to be a liar, do you? Because the Bible says that God hates lies. 
seven things he hates and are an abomination to him. And one is a lying tongue and another one is a false witness who spreads lies. You know, we need to be people of our word. We need to be people of our word. Uh, Not keeping our promises is, is a lie, isn't it? Uh, you know, there was a day when a handshake and a man's word was good enough. And now we live in a day of contracts and we've gotten to the point where contracts don't. I mean, a person's word and a handshake is almost worthless anymore. And, and so then we got contracts and you know, we live in an hour now when contracts are almost worthless. You can almost get you a, a dishonest, sleazy lawyer to get you out of a lot of things. Is that right? Is that correct? I know, uh, I know when we, when we built our home, we had a contractor and he's one of the few men I've ever met in all my life that his word was his bond. If he said it, he did it. I had a contract, but I didn't need one because if he said it, he did it. And you don't find many people like that anymore. And to my knowledge, the man's not a Christian. I'd rather do business with him than most Christians I've dealt with over the years. Did you hear what I just said? I've seen a lot of Christian, quote-unquote, Christian businesses with the fish on them that are just as dishonest as can be. Did you hear what I just said? Isn't that sad? Have you ever told somebody, "Uh, uh, let's do lunch sometime? Have you ever done that? And then they call you up and you never go with them? Now, did you lie or did you not? You lied, didn't you? Have you ever told somebody, yeah, we'll, we'll go do that one of these days. We'll go do that. Huh? And then one of these days never comes. Have you ever, have you ever told that to someone? Has anybody ever told that to you? Or they're going to have lunch with you? Or they're going to do something with you? One, one thing that causes this is a lot of times we overcommit ourselves and we get so many things going on and and another thing is is that we don't really watch our words let's watch our words and don't just tell somebody you're going well, you know yeah we'll go do lunch sometime i learned this particularly with 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 younger folks you know because I, I i was hurt this way myself there was a certain preacher that that had years ago you know yeah yeah we'll we'll go do lunch and there was no lunch. He's never going to go to lunch with me. I would have had more respect for him if he would have just said, I'm never having lunch with you, kid. It's like my, uh, one of my family members years ago, he looked me right in the eye and he said, he said, I will never come to your church. And you know what? He never did. And I've got more respect for him than all the people over the years that have looked me in the eye and said... I'll be there. I'll be there. You know what? They're just liars. Say liars. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Huh? I have more, I have more respect for somebody walking when I greet at the door back there looking me right in the eye. That was a horrible service and I'm never coming back. Worst message I've ever heard. At least they're being honest. Then the people, oh, pastor, so what if I see you next Sunday and you ain't never going to see them again? I mean, say liar. liar. And just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. 
And if you don't want to tell me the truth, just don't tell me nothing, you know. So now I'll be wondering all the people that walk out today and don't say nothing to me. Uh, the Bible said, let our yes be yes and no be no. Swear to your own hurt and change not. Better not to vow than to vow and not keep it. Amen? A recent survey taken in America asked people, including Christians, several questions to determine the percentage that lied. Here were some of the questions. Do you cheat on your income tax return? Do you compliment people when you really don't mean it? Do you tell your spouse or children to tell callers you are not at home when you really are there? Do you tell little white lies if it will keep you out of trouble? Do you tell creditors that the check's in the mail when you haven't mailed it yet? Do you exaggerate? The survey showed that 80%, including Christians, were deemed liars. Hmm. What about false compliments? It's like the lady wearing the big hat, you know, that comes up and says, Pastor, what do you think of my hat? You know, and you just want to say, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in all my life. <laughs> what do you think of my new dress? That is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in all my life. This is just making you think today, isn't it? The Bible says, speak the truth in love. <laughs> so what do I do when somebody comes up and they're, you know, they say, Pastor, what do you think of my new hat? Or what do you think of my new this or my new that? And I just think it's ugly as, what, what do I do? You want to know what I do, huh? Change the subject. I usually just do my best to be quiet and say nothing. What do you think of my pretty hat? It's it's red. (laughs) Should we move on? Huh? So what do you think of my tie today? Is it all right? Beautiful, it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen, huh? We need to move on, don't we? There's some things we just, maybe just best not talk about. Well, there's ways, you know, in seriousness, you know, just try to try to find something, even if you think it's the ugliest hat you've ever seen, try to find something you like about it, you know. Amen? We need, to, we need to be truthful. God does not like lying or anything that contains a falsehood or a deception. Did you hear me? God does not like lying. And so, you know, yeah, on that hat thing, I'm going to just try to find something positive to say about it. You know, I don't want to, you know, I could, if I told that lady it's the ugliest hat I've ever seen, it's probably, it might ruin her, you know, might, might destroy her. So let's find something positive. I remember the one preacher tells the story how he was years ago he was invited over to a certain person's house and this lady made stew 
and uh, they would invite the preachers that would come through, the visiting preachers, to come over and have stew. And, and so the husband and the couple of kids and the woman, she made the stew. And so the preachers would come over, you know, one after another over the years and would have the stew. And, uh, and, and they'd eat the stew and they'd always say it was, you know, it was fine. It was good. And, uh, <laughs> and so this one preacher comes over and eats some of the stew. And the lady says, Pastor so-and-so, what do you think of my stew? And he what do you think of my stew? And come on, tell me, what do you think of my stew? That is the worst stew I've ever had in all my life. And when he said that, the man and the children said, this is a man of God. (laughs) But God doesn't like anything that has to do with lying or a falsehood or a deception. Did you know a little white lie is also known as a half-truth and a half-truth is equal to a whole lie? Is that right? How many of you know covering up the truth is equal to lying? Right? What about Rahab? Remember Rahab? So I said, Rahab lied. Well, Rahab did lie. Did you know, though, if you study it out very carefully over in the book of James, the Bible never condones her lie. The Bible condones what she did, but it does not condone her lie. You realize, you have to realize she was a prostitute and all that, you know, and I'm not condoning lying, but I'm just saying, is it good that she came to a place of faith and repentance? But the Bible doesn't condone her lie. It condones her actions when she hid the spies and all of that. But it never, the Bible never condones her lie. How many of you know it's dangerous to lie, particularly in church when the power of God is present? Didn't Ananias and Sapphira do it? And what happened to them? They, I mean, they fell out and it was under the power, but it wasn't under the kind of power you'd really want to fall out under, right? It's the kind of power they didn't get back up from. Is that right? dead is that right they fell out under they died they carried them out is that right they lied to god you know this is something i've noticed with with the lord in ministry over the years whenever i'd get in the pulpit as a younger minister uh, how many how many's ever exaggerated besides me has anybody ever exaggerated besides me has anybody ever, you know, some, you know, something happens, it's good, and, and so we're going to tell the story and we're going to make it better than it really was. Is that right? Has anybody ever done that? You know, every time I've done that, every single time when I, when I step into that, when I just, and I don't, I don't do it on purpose, it's just how many still got flesh besides me? Every single time, you know what? The Holy Ghost starts to unhook. He's, he, he's against exaggerating. Did you hear me? When it comes to the things of the Spirit, you know, uh, uh, whether it be laying hands on somebody and they fall out under the power of God or, or, or whatever it may be, anytime there's, anytime there's a pushing of something that the Lord's not in, anytime there's, there's you know, anytime there's any, anything that, 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 that 
The Lord's not in and it becomes, it becomes false, exaggerated. I, I've noticed this over the many years. Just the instant, just the instant he'll, begin to, he'll begin to lift. We need to be honest. We need to be forthright. We need to tell the truth. Amen? The Bible says a, fault, a false witness will not go unpunished. And he who speaks lies will not escape. The Bible says in the, in the book of Revelation, there shall by no means enter God's holy city anything that uh, defiles, causes an abomination or a lie, but only those written in the Lamb's book of life. The Re- book of Revelation also says, but outside God's holy city are dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. Haven't we told you there's a difference between making a blunder in sinning and practicing sinning there's the, the, i mean i mean ultimately both are sin but has anybody in here ever blundered since they've been saved and besides me there's a different now, now there's a difference between just blundering and practicing something on a daily basis and a Christian, if a Christian blunders and lies, we can go and get forgiven. We shouldn't have a flippant attitude about it. We should never have, well, I'll sin today and ask God to forgive me tonight before I go to bed. How many of you know that's not the attitude to have? If you have that attitude, God's not going to forgive you. Is that right? The Bible says we have to walk in the light as he is in the light. We can't use 1 John 1 and 9 as just a license to sin. Well, I'm going to just tell lies and then tonight before I go to bed, I'll just ask God to forgive me full well knowing you're going to do it again tomorrow. Huh? That would be practicing a lie. But if somebody's truly saved, born again of the Spirit of God, you know, it's possible to blunder. Has anybody, any, anybody ever blundered in this besides me since you've been saved? You've exaggerated something or, huh? When you do it, were you grieved on the inside? Yeah. And did you repent and go ask the Lord to forgive you? Yeah. But when you practice it and practice it and practice it and you can lie somebody, you can just lie right straight, straight through your teeth and it doesn't bother you, you need to check up and see if you're even saved. Amen? Amen. I wonder how many Christians are like Pinocchio. Anybody know Pinocchio? Nose growing. Pastor, what do you think of my hat? Oh, it's just the most beautiful hat I've ever seen, dear sister, and see my nose shoot out of it. Wouldn't that be something? How many even knows who Pinocchio is? Do you even know? Every time he lied, his nose grew. And didn't the woodpeckers come and shorten it up for him? Or is that, did I, am I remembering that right or not? No, okay, well, I, I must have got that off of another story. Well, say, I will not lie. All right, let's conclude this. With the last commandment, you shall not covet. This is Exodus 20:17. I hope you're getting something out of this. If nothing else, it's a good refresher on these commandments. Were these suggestions or were these commandments? Commandments. commandments. I want to say this. Even if you're here and you've been practicing sin, how many of you know you can repent and God will forgive you? 
Commandment 10, Exodus 20, 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, his wife, male servant, female servant, his ox, donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Anything that is your neighbor's. Has anybody been coveting their neighbor's ox or donkey? (laughs) The word covet, listen to this, the word covet means this. To desire with envy what someone else has. To desire with envy what someone else has. Uh, Covet, you just want it so bad. To the point, that word envy in there means to the point that you're discontented because you don't have what they've got. Or it could mean this, that you actually have ill will or resentment against that person because they have something that you want. The neighbor's wife. And you think about the lady next door, but anybody else's wife. I've actually heard people over the many years, and I've never heard anyone at this church say it, but at different places where we would go to ministers' conferences and whatnot, you know, you would hear there would be a... a, 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 a I remember in one instance, this was a fellow that he could just sing and he, he could preach and just fantastic. He was just, just, just witty and funny. And, I, and you'd, hear, you'd hear women sometimes say, boy, wouldn't it be neat to be married to him? Wouldn't it be, now I'm talking married women. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if and this man was married, this preacher. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be married to him? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be married to him? But you might find out later he beat his wife. I've even heard, wouldn't it be wonderful to be married to that woman? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have that lady? You don't know, sir, what what that lady's like. You only see her when she's putting her best foot forward. The Bible says it's better to dwell in a corner of the housetop exposed to all kinds of weather than to live in a large, beautiful house shared with a nagging, quarrelsome, and fault-finding woman. You don't know that woman that you think it'd be so great to be married to. She might be a nagging, quarrelsome, fault-finding woman. You just see her when she's all prettied up. You don't know what she looks like when she gets out of bed in the morning. She might look horrible. She might be horrible to live with. Be careful of what you want. You may get what you want, but you may not want what you get. Do you ever hear me? Do you all hear me on that? Coveting. I've got to have. Wouldn't it be neat? Wouldn't it be so neat to have that person for a spouse? Wouldn't it be so neat? It, it, it might not be. They might be the most horrible person. You just see them with their best foot forward. Now, in my life, with this 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 this, this coveting, I've had to deal with this. I've had to deal, not coveting someone else's wife, but I've had to deal with this in, in my life, not coveting. And I haven't had to deal with it from the standpoint that I have had resentment for other people because, because you know, they had something I wanted. I, I, I've never resented anyone or had any ill will, but there's been some things over the years that, that I've looked at that I've, I've wanted and I was to the point that I was discontented because I didn't have it. The first thing that I'll share with you is becoming a school teacher. 
I was a student. And I thought it would be the greatest thing and the most wonderful thing to become a school teacher. And I would say again and again and again, I can't wait to get to the other side of the desk. I can't wait to get to the other side of the desk. I can't wait to get to the other side of the desk. And you know what? One day I got to the other side of the desk. And you know what? Being a teacher is not all it's cracked up to be. You've got to grade all those papers. You've got to discipline all those kids. You've got to put up with all those kids. You've got to deal with, with all their problems and their parents' problems. Anybody ever seen the Flintstones? Remember when Fred was coveting Mr. Slate's job and he wanted to be the owner of the quarry? How many remembers that? And so Kazoo, how many of you know who Kazoo is? If you don't, I can't help you. But Kazoo was a little guy. Remember him? That he, and he, he went, zoom, and he made Fred the boss of the company for a day. And remember when Barney got to go home when the whistle blew? How many of you know Fred had to stay behind and deal with the board members? Is that right? And so I got to become a school teacher and there was a lot of nice things about it. But I had more work, more paperwork as a school teacher than I did when I was a student. Now I didn't have to study for the test. I got to make up the test. That was one of the good things. But there was a lot more responsibility being a teacher. So I got what I wanted, but it wasn't all that I thought it was going to be. The next thing was I wanted to be married. Just relax. I'll be. Don't worry. We're not going to talk about any barns this week. I've been sleeping in one this last week. No, no, I've got to watch. I've got to watch Lion here now. But I wanted to be married. I wanted to be married. Want to be married. Want to be married. Want to be married. I was tired of being single. So I got. I was so discontented. I wanted a wife, wanted a wife, wanted a wife. And I got the greatest wife there is. No doubt about it. For me, the greatest wife. But you know what? I learned this. That there's some advantages of being single that you don't have when you're married. And there's some advantages of being married that you don't have when you're single. And my advice to anybody who's single, don't covet to be married. Enjoy being single. And anybody that'd be married, I'd say don't covet being back here single. You don't want to be back alone again. So just be content with where you're at. Amen? And then the next thing is I wanted my own church. I wanted my own church. 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 Because I'd been assisting in another church. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking to be the pastor, be in charge. Because you see, I had been an assistant in another church for many, 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 many years. And I wanted to be in charge. I wanted to be the pastor. I wanted to be the pastor. I wanted to be the pastor. I wanted my own church. I wanted my own church. To the point, and I never felt any ill will against this other fellow, this other pastor. I never felt any ill will against him. Not at, none at all. I never begrudged him anything. And I look at other pastors in the area, and I never begrudged them anything. But I wanted my own church. 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 I wanted my church I got my own church (laughs) and you know what there's been a lot of good things but you know what else there's been a lot of There's been a lot of that. You get to deal with all the people and the problems. And one, one minister said, church would be great, pastor. Church, it wasn't for the people. <laughs> 
Don't take that as a shot. I'm just quoting somebody else. I didn't say that. I'm just telling you what they said. So I'm a tail bearer. I got to repent, right? But a lot of good people. For every one good, nice, wonderful person that we've dealt with, we've probably had 10 or 15 Looney Tunes, ding-dongs, crazy, nuts. Huh? Yeah. We've had 10 for every one. He said, come on, I'm going to say it again. For every one, we've probably had 10, 20, 50, ding-dong, I mean crazy. Do you hear me? Unfaithful. Unfaithful. Unfaithful, lying, gossiping, tail-bearing. Did I mention unfaithful, gossiping, tail-bearing? Good for... No, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to... Oh, I want a pastor. I want a pastor. I want a pastor. You better think long and hard. You better think real long and hard. Because I got what I wanted. You may get what you want. You may not want what you get. Now... Overall, this is all good. I want you to realize, pastoring is wonderful. I've had the greatest people in the world. Greatest people. You people are wonderful. Greatest people in the world. But I'm just telling you, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Like one little kid came up and said, you got a real good job, Pastor Terry. All you got to do is work on Sunday. Is, this, is there anything in there about child abuse on the Ten Commandments? And then the, I'm almost done. The next thing was the house of my dreams. The house of my dreams. House of my dreams. What the house of my dreams? What, how, we're going to build a house. 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 Since the day we got married, we had to, the ground. We're going to build a house. Going to build a house. Going to build a house. And we built a house. It was a beautiful house. Exceeded my dreams. We didn't get it overnight. It took a long time and much I could say. We worked hard. She worked hard. I worked hard. We, you know, and didn't do it on the backs of you people. Say amen. amen. Got it. But I spent a good deal of time yesterday helping my wife clean it. Huh? And maintenance it. And then in the summertime, I get to spend about four and a half hours a week cutting it. The grass, not the house, the grass. <laughs> huh? And then you get done cutting it, you got to trim it, huh? And then, and then you get the, you get the property tax bill. Oh, so you want your, you want your dream home, huh? And then you get to try, and then and Diane picks me back up off of that, huh? Hmm? And then I'm talking about covetousness now because it got to the point that I was just miserable because I didn't have the house that we always wanted. And then I always wanted a certain kind of car. Let me tell you something about the house because I've, I've heard a lot of people over the years with this house deal, you know, wanting the house and this and that and the other. You know, wherever you go, there you are. Is that, is that revelation to you? Wherever you go, there you are. Some of you got to think about that on the way home. But, you know, just because we've got the house that we always dreamed of, that doesn't make us happy. That's right. That's right. I learned that on the first date, being so here we are. 
So, <laughs> if you're not happy in the marriage, I don't care. You can live in one of the queen's castles. And if you're not happy in the marriage, living in whatever the structure is, I don't care if it's a barn or a palace, in and of itself, it's not going to make you happy. Amen. Can I tell you something else about the flesh? That even living in the home of my dreams, the flesh, you've got to keep that flesh under because you have everything you ever wanted. And the flesh will still be wanting something else. And then I've got to slap myself. And then I have Diane, I turn the other cheek and she slaps me on the other side. So let's just be thankful with what we've got. Did you hear what I just said? Am I helping you? Maybe I'm helping you as much on this as anything else. You get the car, you get the car you want, and then you get a property. You get a personal property tax bill on the car. You've got to pay for it. <laughs> and that don't make you happy either. Huh? And then you get you get this stuff, you know, you get this nice house and you got this wonderful carpet and you can't even walk on it. And you want to get it dirty. I remember when before we sodded our yard, some of the kids from the church, the teenagers came over, us young young adults came over and they came up and we had the dirt. Now I'm not talking inside the house, now I'm talking outside the house. The dirt it was all ready for the sod. And they came up to me and they stopped and they Can we walk on your dirt? And I said, No. <laughs> I didn't even let them walk on my dirt. You got you know what I'm saying? And then you get a car. Oh, this is a neat car, man. And you got to watch where you drive because you don't want to get any nicks on it. You got to stay back behind, for away from the trucks because you don't want to get any nicks on it. And then when you park, you got to park down at the end of the blasted parking lot because you don't want nobody to ding your door. I was happier in the little puddle jumper. Like the guy that used to own the ice cream store, he told me whenever you buy a new car, just get your hammer and put your whack in it and get it over with. I'm just trying to tell you, none of this stuff makes you happy. None of it. I've learned, hey, take it from me, kids, and whoever's listening. None of that stuff makes you happy. You got to have a relationship with Jesus. You got to have a relationship with him. And then you got to have, if you're, if you're single, don't covet to be married. If you're married, you got to have a good relationship with your wife. Huh? And then if you have children, you got to have a good relationship with your children. You know, take care of your parents. Get all the family stuff. Then after that, then, then you know, these things can be an enjoyment. And they can also be a pain in the neck, you know. These, you know what I mean? These natural things. But Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Yeah. Amen. I want them to put this on the screen as you stand. Romans thirteen nine. Let's close right here. I went a little longer today than I like to go, but I wanted to finish this up. Do you get anything out of this? How many got something out of it? If, all right. Romans 13, 9. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Real loud say, I will love, I will love my neighbor as myself.
Now the next verse, notice what it says in the next verse, in verse 10. Can we go to verse 10? Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, or we could say commandments. Amen? So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, there'll be some men and women up here that'll be able to introduce you to him. So before you leave here, if you don't know Jesus, come up and these dear people will pray with you. There's a heaven to obtain and a hell to miss. I don't want anybody to go to hell. So don't leave here if you don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, before you leave, walk up here. They'll introduce you to him. Amen? With heads bowed and eyes closed. As we've covered these Ten Commandments, I trust that, that they're in your heart and that we'll endeavor to live by them and walk according to them. Remember, keeping them doesn't save you. It's a relationship with Jesus that saves you. But once you're saved, he'll empower you to keep them. And the Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord. So we need to follow holiness. We need to be holy. How do we be holy? Keep the Ten Commandments. Walk according to them. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We won't know if we love him by telling him we love him. We know that we love him by keeping his commandments. Tell him you love him, but show him by keeping his commandments. So I trust that this has been a blessing to you. Heavenly Father, I pray for the people that as they've heard these messages over the last several weeks, that these commandments will be written upon their hearts and that they'll keep them and walk according to your word, that they might come into a closer relationship with you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Say, I will. Endeavor to the best of my ability, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to, to know Jesus and to keep the Ten Commandments. In His name I pray and declare it to be so. Amen. Hey, greet a couple of people and you're dismissed. God bless you.